0: The first moments after the boy's death pass for him in a confused and weighty blur. He is dimly aware of pain, but mostly of a tremendous fatigue, as if he has been covered in layer upon layer of impossibly heavy blankets. He struggles against them, blindly, his thrashing increasing as he panics, again, at the invisible ropes that seem to bind him. His mind isn't clear. It races and throbs like the worst kind of fever, and he is unaware of even thinking. It's more some kind of wild, dying instinct, a terror of what's to come, a terror of what's happened, a terror of his death, as if he can still struggle against it, still outrun it. He even has a distant sensation of momentum, his body continuing its fight against the waves, even though that fight has already been lost. He feels a sudden rushing, a surge of terror hurtling him forward, forward, forward. But he must be free of his body somehow because his shoulder no longer hurts as he struggles blindly through the dark, unable to feel anything, it seems, except a terrified urgency to move. And then there is a coolness on his face, almost as of a breeze, though such a thing seems impossible for so many reasons. It's this coolness that causes his consciousness, his soul, his spirit, who's to say, to pause in its fevered spin. For an instant, he is still. There's a change in the murk before his eyes, a lightness, a lightness he can enter somehow, and he can feel himself leaning toward it, his body so weak, so nearly incapable beneath him, reaching for the growing light. He falls, falls onto solidity, The coolness rises from it, and he allows himself to sink into it, let it envelop him. He is still. He gives up his struggle. He lets oblivion overtake him. Oblivion is purgatorial and gray. He is passably conscious, not asleep, but not quite awake either, as if disconnected from everything, unable to move or think or receive input. Able only to exist. An impossible amount of time passes. A day, a year, maybe even an eternity. There is no way he can know. Finally, in the distance, the light begins to slowly, almost imperceptibly change. A grayness emerges. Then a lighter grayness, and he starts to come back to himself. His first thought, more vaguely sensed than actually articulated, is that it feels as though he's pressed against a cement block. He's dimly aware of how cool it is under him, how solid it feels, like he's clinging to it lest he fly off into space. He hovers around the thought for an indeterminate amount of time, letting it clarify, letting it connect to his body, to other thoughts. The word morgue suddenly flashes somewhere deep inside him, for where else are you laid out on cool, solid blocks? And in rising horror, he opens his eyes, unaware they were even closed. He tries to call out that they must not bury him, they must not cut him open, that there's been a terrible, terrible mistake. But his throat rebels against the formation of words, as if it hasn't been used for years, and he's coughing and sitting up in terror, his eyes muddled and foggy, like he's looking at the world from behind many thick layers of dirty glass. He blinks repeatedly, trying to see. The vague shapes around him slowly fall into place. He sees that he's not on the cold slab of a morgue. He is. He is. Where is he? Confused, he squints painfully into what now seems to be rising daylight. He looks around, trying to take it in, trying to see it, makes sense of it all. He seems to be lying on a concrete path that runs through the front yard of a house, stretching from the sidewalk to a front door behind him. The house is not his own, and there's more wrong than just that. He breathes for a moment, heavily, almost panting, his mind groggy, his vision slowly becoming a little clearer, He feels himself shaking from the chill and pulls his arms around himself, sensing a dampness covering his, not his clothes. He looks down at them, his physical reaction slower than the thought that ordered.